This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport, Mark McMahon and Blues writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's podcast, Highs and Lows... We reflect on a tumultuous period in the transfer market for Pompey as they land Cameron Pring and Callum Johnson but seemingly miss out on a couple of players to really quicken the pulse. Way to Cup 101, we outline why the Blues lost out on Sammy Smodich to another side operating under the same wage cap restrictions in the third tier as Peterborough. And the big kickoff is back. League One football returns. We may be behind closed doors but we give you the full campaign curtain raiser preview against Shrewsbury. We're now on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, the podcast. The team is in place in their separate homes. Welcome, lads. Welcome, Jordan. Welcome, Will. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Morning, morning, morning. Good. We've got the breaking news on Pompey Talk today. Haven't we just been talking about it off air? <laughs> Pompey landed that Spurs under 21 hot shot. COVID Marshall. Breaking <laughs> news there. One for our Pompey Talk listeners. Yes. I should, I, should, I, should, I should add that I did make a joke about Pompey being in for COVID Marshall and... Uh, my head of sport totally fell for it. And then the first thing he asked me was that he wanted some details about COVID and, uh, and, and uh, what he would bring to the Pompey ranks this season. Sorry. Just... Well didn't get it either. And there's but... nothing worse than a joke that only the, the, the person who comes up with a joke gets. <laughs> Plenty of discipline, I think, wouldn't it? Plenty of discipline he'd bring to the team. Look at what I'm working with. I'm going to put it out to a poll to uh, Pompey Talk listeners. Would they have got that joke or not? COVID Marshall, you know, the Spurs under 21 striker. Probably yes. not, to be fair. Apparently, though, um, Oxford have already had him on trial and turned him down. And Peterborough were going to bid £5 million for him, but then they thought they'd spend it on Very topical. I like that, Mark. Yeah, I've just yeah. literally been speaking to people on uh, social media. I'm sure we'll get round to. Uh, Peter were paying big bucks for the players. Definitely. Because, believe it or not, for probably about the third or fourth week in a row, I want to know how these clubs are doing it. So, oh, my God. Touch on that there. So, your explanation this time better be better than the other ones because it hasn't registered with me at all, to be honest with you. Like, so. I thought we had that eureka moment with explaining wage cap 101 with uh, the sports <laughs> desk lads. Just more. Step-by-step guide, uh, no, it's no good for my bar. But to be fair, it is confusing, and I'm sure you're not the only one. Definitely. Well, i tell you what, Mark Cotton's already come out this week and asked how they're doing it and suggesting that there's 
clubs are circumventing the rules like so again there's clearly a way around it so but yes we'll definitely touch on that there but let's subject close to what we've been talking about transfers um one in for Pompey Callum Johnson but two disappointing transfer related bits of news this week with one Smolix going to to Peterborough and then there's a wee bit of doubt over that Harry Suter story that we sort of broke um, on Monday but first and foremost Callum Johnson let's let's start positively well you've you've, you've identified Callum Johnson back in April as a potential Pompey signing Kenny Jackett's done all right there has he? Yeah someone who's been on me radar for quite a while um when they played Pompey played Atkinson last season, I was really uh, I was really impressed by him. When um, sorry, it's 2018 because it was when Roland Curtis had come over and he was flying, he was hitting the ground running, he was wreaking havoc on every defence. But that afternoon, he had little joy, if I remember correctly. I think he had one shot where he cut inside and hit the bar. Like, but otherwise, he he, he has a real ding dong battle. Callum Johnson got quite fired and quite heated. I think I think at one point, I think Johnson accused Curtis of. Uh, of hitting him in the face or something on an off the ball incident because he was getting that frustrated about him. So, yeah, he's, he's been on my radar since then, really. And then, um, obviously, being up from, from Liverpool, I know uh, someone who, who knows John Coleman and um, follows Action quite a lot. quite a lot, And he's always said, Callum Johnson, he, he's one to watch. He's, he's a player that he holds in, in really high regard. And I thought he was actually someone who maybe could have been a Nathan Thompson replacement last summer. But, obviously, Pom- Pompey went with James Bolton. But, yeah, when the... When the um, the rumor came out on Sunday morning. I was uh, really impressed by it. Put the put the call in, and um, yeah, lo and behold, it was it was on the verge of moving. And he, he trains with Pompey on Monday, and he gets an, uh, announced at, at dinner time. So it's just a, a right back who's got a bit of everything. Really, I think he's good defensively. He didn't have the greatest start against Colchester. He thought he checked someone within the first minute, but he soon settled down after that, and he, he looks good defensively and likes to get forwards as well. And I think Pompey. We obviously haven't got that from Crawley going back now, but with with Johnson, he's been a right back all of his life. McCrory was really a makeshift right back, wasn't he? And at times he'd get caught out positionally, he could move all forwards and jacket like that, someone who can get out with the ball from the back from the right back position, perhaps that James Bolton can't do as well. But and and then he puts a number of crosses into the box. I mean, defensively he was one of he was I think he won the most defensive duels in twenty eighteen, nineteen. He was right up there again last season, crosses into the box as well. He, he's right up there. So he's sort of a, a full back that you think ticks all the boxes for Pompey and and, and a Corridon debut against Colchester. Jordy, he wasn't the the sexy name a lot of Pompey fans have been calling out for, like, but from what you gather from what Will said, from mm. the messages on Twitter from Accrington fans whenever his departure was announced. It does look like a bit of shrewd business by Kenny Jagger. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, you look, in this day and age, there's such an availability of statistics and, and a, lot, a lot afforded uh, on those stats as well. And, and Callum Johnson does step up well. You have to then really digest, boil down the stats, which I must admit, I'm, a, I'm kind of learning as much as anyone on that and what stats are relevant and which, mm. one, which ones aren't. Um, but the, the, uh, the, the defensive duels, top of, top of the uh, pile in League One and second last season, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Um, uh, we'll go on to Cameron Pring in a minute, I guess, but his, his, his attacking stats add up well. I think with Callum Johnson, it's a bit of everything. Um, he can go forward, but he's a defender that likes to defend. I know he's versatile as well. 
Um, but Kenny Jackett firmly pointing him, uh, putting him down to be a right back. Um, he's not, I know he's played left back, holding midfield and, and down the flanks, I think, as well. Uh, but firmly down, a, down as a right back. Is it a sexy name? It's not the marquee name that Pompey supporters um, are really demanding. But then that comes in forward areas, doesn't it? I think it's a, to people that watch football at level, as Will done, has done and, and, and analyse him, it's a, it's a very, very, it's certainly more encouraging on the face of it than Cameron Pring is. Uh, Cameron Pring, uh, you know, uh, playing in League Two last season, probably a, a name that most people hadn't heard of. Uh, but then again, when you analyse the stats on, on Cameron Pring, he, he um, as I retweeted from a, a stats analytics account, BT Analytics, last, last week, he's attacking stats outweigh Lee Brown's. But like, you want the vino there, Mark? It's a glass of red to get through bumpy talk. Um, <laughs> one for the video, caught, caught you out on the video there. Um, his stats actually outweigh Lee Brown's and Steve Seddon going forward. I think it's an average of five and a half dribbles per game, which, you know, just think of that on the surface of things. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot for, a, you know, um, a, a, a fullback to, uh, to produce. And it stands to reason then that he can play wing back as well, and he's very much on the front foot. So um, early signs. There was a kind of one or two jitters from him defensively on on Tuesday, but um, encouraging defensively, wasn't it, from Pompey? And much needed after the, the uh, we can call it without it being hyperbole. It was a debacle in the first half against Stevenage. Yeah. Well, I don't want to veer off the transfer talk just yet, like, but um, bring Jordy's mentioned as well. Played on Tuesday night against Colchester. How did he perform? Yeah, I think Jordy was was right there defensively a couple of times in the first half. He just maybe got caught out of positionally a little bit, sort of when Colchester having a bit of the ball, which we'll come on to Lee Brown a little bit. Maybe you wouldn't get that, but attacking wise, I mean, it was there to be seen, especially in the second half when the game opened up a little bit more and he was able to, to maraud forwards and open up his legs. There was one run where he, he went past two or three players and got to the byline and Harness perhaps should have done better for his, for his hat-trick, really, when he put a ball into the box. Linked up well with Curtis in the first half and that's obviously a rapport that, that's going to grow because sort of the way Curtis plays him and Brown have got a good understanding, haven't they? And they always know where each other are going and I have noticed that about him and Brown, even at Gosport the other night, they know when Brown's on the overlap or when Curtis is going to cut inside or when Brown needs to go inside, etc. So I think that'll come, but obviously that, that come with Steve Seddon, didn't it? I mean, the, diff- the difference is, as you say, with the with the runs forwards, Brown sort of is one to just give it to Curtis and then maybe get past them on the overlap, whereas Pring, it'll be interesting to see because he likes to dribble out forwards, how how him and Curtis then dovetail together. Does mm-hmm. that mean Curtis? Because Curtis sometimes, at times, he's... And it comes to the first goal where he played the ball, he sort of just drifted inside, gave a ball to Harness to score. And then there's another one where Curtis, he was almost in like the number 10 position at one point. He'd come inside and um, went past two or three players with quick feet and then won Pompey a free kick about 25 yards from goal or something like that. So maybe with Pring, because you know that he can come out, if he get the ball to his feet, he can go up and, and gallop at a defender and, and really test him with the ball to his feet. Maybe that'll... Uh, Gives Curtis a little bit more freedom to just roam around, perhaps, and and pick up the ball in central positions and have shots on goal, etc. Mm. Because mm. at times, maybe on the left, where he's, he's he's waiting for Brown to come past, and he's got a cut cut inside. I've seen it before, maybe not as much anymore, but 
teams double up on them and it makes it harder. So maybe that gives them a little bit more freedom to just roam inside and say you've got an Evans or a Cannon who can sort of fill in on the left end and then and then <clears> bring <throat> the support he needs. Sorry, well, you lost me there. I was so transfixed by that. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> wasn't it? Just sometimes you wonder what real Rooney brings to the sports desk, don't you? And then just as you're wondering, he comes up with absolutely brilliant, incisive analysis like that. And uh, then you realise that's why he's there. That's why he's there. Yeah. Yeah. Mercurial talent, that Rooney. <laughs> um, so a few positive signs then from the two new additions, both fullbacks. But okay, let's, let's get to... Uh, the Smarics and Suter stuff. Mm. Smarics, it was a bit disappointing, wasn't it, really? Whenever we were yeah. building our up, thinking, Humpy might be getting a, a really good player here. And then all of a sudden, Peterborough, out of nowhere, just bang. He's on his way to London Road. Oh, by the way, he's had a medical. Oh, no, no. Actually, he's actually saying one million plus. A bit of a blow, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 was, I have to be honest, I wasn't particularly close to this one because I was off last week. So I probably had a similar perspective to, to um, most Pompey fans. So uh, when these names came up, obviously a bit of business earlier in the week and, um, you know, the weekend, Smodic names emerged, followed by Suter on Monday. I, I was excited. I, and, and I was, I know Pompey were in for Smodic in January. Um, managed to get that one and uh, get that one out. Um, nothing quite materialised. So it was no surprise that they were we're back in for him but I just get the feeling with these things um, sometimes the way they emerge I I feel in, in all honesty probably by the time it Pompey's interest had emerged it was probably the deal was dead in the water um, I asked Kenny about it on Monday um, he did his uh, deadpan and uh, we, we can talk about this but the fact that Kenny is a great honest guy with the media no questions off limits but he tells a porky on transfers. So uh, he, he's no inquiries or bids for Suter um, and Smodic we can take with a pinch of salt. I, I kind of tried to convey that without saying it um, explicitly on, on social media. Most people did pick up on it, um, but some people didn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, by the time it had emerged, I, I feel that Kenny would have been disappointed, but he knew by that stage he was on his way to Peachborough. Now, uh, just been engaging with someone on Twitter about this a moment ago. They're like, well, why? I've, I've explained in the column piece this week, but Pompey can sign a championship player. They're like, well, why is he going? Why is he going to Peterborough then? Well, well, Peterborough are flush with money after selling Ivan Tony, so they can one afford to pay that fee. Um, Pompey were looking for a loan um, because they they probably, but they certainly couldn't um, afford to pay his wages, which are probably five or six grand a week. Um, in that region, they can't afford to contain that under a two and a half million pound pound budget. Now, the next question is, well, with Pompey Car, why, why can Peterborough do it? Now, Peterborough, I haven't got the stats available to me, but Pompey have a lot of contracted players mm. already this, this season, certainly more than Peterborough. So, effectively, most of their two and a half million pound budget is already taken up. Um, so, they're looking to get, they've probably got enough, a few hundred grand left in that in that pot to take a championship player but they need that contribution from the parent club in terms of their wages so hence they can't afford to pay what Peterborough have by taking him permanently you still with me Mark? Uh, yeah it's resident with me 
<laughs> so th this is why Peterborough were able to go in and, and take him because they got fewer contracted players. And without looking at it, but I've got a suspicion if you look at their business, they, they, they've, they've also got more players under the age of 21 mm. than Pompey. Pompey have only got Hadji Minoga, um, whereas Peterborough. I'm not, how old's Ryan Broom? I'm not. I'm not. Not quite sure if he's under the, under or over the threshold. Uh, but obviously, players under the age of 21. Uh, don't count towards the, uh, the, the the squad total as well. So that's be and by dint of fact that they're younger, earn less money. So um, that that's all into the melting pot, um, and probably in a nutshell is why Smodic, who was chased hard by Peterborough, was there last season. Made to feel wanted. Let's not forget that by Darren McAntony, who seemed like he was um, really really keen to get that one over the line. They went hard on him. They, they paid the money. Um, and that's why, and Pompey were in a place to, to do a deal for a loan and not a permanent. So that, that, that's why it panned out how it did. So you're saying basically then Pompey are at an automatic disadvantage, even though a lot of their players will have been contracted and will fall into this average wage category. Pompey are at a disadvantage simply because the maturity of their squad, there's not that many young ones that count towards that under 21 segment of well, the no, so, well, that's that, yeah. That's in terms of the numbers of the twenty-two of the squad. The squad yeah. number of twenty-two. But also, they've got they've got twenty-two wages to accommodate. Now, I know it's not as simple as to say if if you put the, every player in, in the squad, which is not the case on on the divisional average uh, of two thousand pound a week, um, then you're getting up to per player about ninety-six thousand pound a year. Uh, if you do that twenty-two times, then you're getting up to above two million pound, aren't you? I know there's the Duncan Turnbulls and Hajim and Ogres in that as well to, to, to bring the bring the total down. But the you can see how Pompey are getting near to that limit, whereas other clubs with fewer contracted players haven't got that 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 concern. Yeah. I just just one more point because it's been confusing the heck out of me for so long. We've had two mooted figures for the wage cap, two thousand pound a week and, and one thousand three hundred and fifty. And um I was trying to work out why the heck that's the case. Now uh, basically, the top and bottom of it is the divisional average is £2,000 per week. But take out the average agent's fees, uh, national insurance, win bonuses, the flat figure that Pompey can offer a player, which is in negotiations what they, they get in with agents. They want to know what can you pay the player a week. It's £1,350 once you take that money out. So it's been perplexing me. I'm sure I'm not the only mm. one. So uh, probably worth mentioning that one as well. Well, I may be putting you on the spot slightly here, but if Smogix was top or high up on Pompey's list for that number 10 role, where's, what's plan B, C, D? Where do they go now? I mean, just touch on Smogix. It's obviously me around the story. I mean, and I've had a, a couple of pelters on Twitter for him. I'm not very active on Twitter, but I've had a couple. Because, I mean, I was, I was told by a good source that Pompey thought that they were they were ahead of Peterborough and some of them in the pecking order because of the number 10 position. And, that was what was persuading. Maybe, maybe, maybe Smodzik's just people use now as a bit of leverage in terms of Peterborough. I don't know, possibly. Um, but anyway, number no, B and C, I mean, Jacket's not short of number 10s, is he, at the minute? Not, he's not short. He's got Evans, who's played there. He's got Cannon, he's got Harness. But I think you just need that quintessential number 10 now, don't you? There's someone who'll get goals and assists like, like Smodzik would have done and be the heart of... Of every, and I mean, a lot of people want to see Harness there, but I'm, I'm, 
after the other night against Colchester, I'm not too convinced because the wide men in, in Kenny Jacker teams always got goals, haven't they? Curtis, Jamal Lowe, Harness even last season got nine. It's an area that Williams needs to, to improve on. Mm. But the, the, when Kenny Jacker's team are at the best, the wide men get the goals and Harness is probably one of the best, best finishers at the club. So I, I don't think quite yet we should see him go into the number 10 but I mean I like Cannon in there I like his energy and and his and his vigour he shows I mean he's, he's admitted to when we were talking to him when I was talking to him for the um the pre-season magazine which is still in all good shops and news agents by the way Thirteen player interviews plus Kenny Jacket, Mark Catlin, and, and Joe Gallen. But when I was speaking to <laughs> when I was speaking to, to, to Cannon, he was he's, he's admitted he, he's he's got improving front of goal. Um, he's got to up his goal his goals if he's going to have a sustained run in the team. I mean, it was interesting what he was saying about assists because he got the one <laughs> in the first leg against Oxford for Curtis. He got one the other night at, at Gosport, and he said that John Lockdown. He was having a look at. at had his clips and he was saying there's a few times for the assists he's put chances on a plate he was saying and and they have been squandered so sort of that doesn't help his stats either at times he was saying he's, he's quite openly admitted that, that he's having a pop at Marcus and Harrison then, <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it's maybe his stats haven't helped him there but it, it, it it's looking like Gareth Evans has come back home and that's what Jack likes he's always got a goal in him um, Evans maybe didn't have his best of games the other night against Colchester, but he has always got goals in him. But for me, I think perhaps maybe you need someone who can play nine stroke ten. What do you reckon, Jordy? Someone who can do both because they need another striker, don't they? Maybe someone who's versatile and can do, do both yeah. goals. I, I mean, it, it, we're kind of um, segueing into team selection, aren't we, for the weekend, really? And um, yeah, I, I take your point. I, I can kind of—I was just having to think about it before we came onto to the podcast, and I kind of thought the back five picks itself for me at the moment. But then, okay, yeah, probably the next the next two, Naylor and Morris, then close. But then from there, when the, the, the attacking positions—it's kind of there's a lot of interchange that can go on there for me at the moment. Um, I can see why Gareth Evans plays there in in, in the ten position, and I can see what he gives Kenny in terms of of going on the back foot as well. I just prefer Gareth out wide. Um, I think he's more of a right-sided player. Um, Harness, obviously, I I totally agree with your point that the players, the wingers are effective and they're crucial to Kenny Jacket's side, aren't they, the the, the wingers? He he wants players that can cross, provide and, and yeah, Harness is probably going to be, along with Curtis Pompey's most effective attacker, hopefully, this season. So I can see why you want them out, out wide. But maybe... I don't know. I've got a thing about Cannon. I really like Cannon. He's, the, the, you know, I think he should be playing more and should have played more last season. But then I, I, I take the point that he needs to get the game by the scruff of the neck a bit more um, than he has done, he, and he can he can disappear somewhat. So where where do we end up with this? Probably Harness, Cannon, and Curtis for me. Maybe um, I would say a fit Ellis Harrison gets in front of Marcus. But for, at the moment, the way things are going, I think Marcus should probably start at number nine uh, for this weekend. And then maybe, yeah. When I say about the back five picks itself, that means the the, the uh, back five that started on Tuesday night for me, Jack Watmore, coming back in and really um, clean sheet after what happened at Stevenage. I think he, he should play himself in. Um, concern from within the camp, probably from Pompey, is uh, <clears throat> defensively, if you play ragged. And, and what more, there's not quite enough mobility there. 
so maybe against Shrewsbury, you may may or may not get away with that because obviously they've got Cummins is not the most mobile. I've not done all my homework on um, Shrewsbury yet, but I mean, they've got Pike as well, haven't they? They've got Pike in them. You know, quicker than probably his teammate, but they might get away with that against quicker, dynamic strikers. I maybe maybe need a bit more pace in the, in the middle of that defence. I know that's probably what Pompey are, are thinking as well. But conversely, they've got a bit of more dynamism in the fullback area, so you would hope that they might be able to cover over and help out in the pace in the, in the place of playing against uh, pacey strikers. So yeah, in terms of this weekend, McGill three, Pring, uh, Raggett, what more, and then Johnson for the back five. What are you laughing at, Mahone? I'm just laughing at the, this. My last question was the well, what is Pompey's plan B, C, and D for number 10? He avoided it <laughs> completely, which shows that he hasn't a clue what their plan is. And then you chipped in and went totally off tangent talking about starting lineups against Colchester. I, I mean, what you, what you, I, I answered <laughs> the, the, the options in number 10 role. I mean, I, I, I've said that. Yeah, but the Pompey fans want a new. We've been telling you want, you want some names, don't you? You want Ben Woodburn coming yeah. down. You want, you want yeah, the one we've been telling in, Poppy fans for a year, a year even. Poppy needed number ten. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that at all. I haven't said that. Have I? I mean, I've said that, that, that a, a nine slash ten is the answer. Don't bite on it. Don't bite on it, Will. All right. I know. We know you are. You are the stats man. <laughs> but you yeah, know, the, the older kids remember Scatman John. We got we got Statman Will here. <laughs> <laughs> He's a stat man. We had Scott Fraser's and I that was a disappointment. Scott Fraser was a di- especially going to MK Dons, yeah. It was just like he must be getting some some wedge going there, I suppose, mightn't he? Like if if they're making him a top in and they've gone all out and they've said that he, he he he's come out and said he likes the vision of, of what Russell Martin's doing there. I mean yeah. really, he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job, like but really would you would, would you really want to go there instead of a, a Pompey or even a Sunderland's hull? I don't know. They were talking about Rotherham and Barnsley for um, for Fraser and, and, mm. and I know Hibs up in Scotland and SPL side. So I was I was wow I was quite surprised to see him rock up at MK. So kudos kudos to them really that he's been sold that's, the vision. But yeah, that's a good. We're good forgetting bit. one name that hasn't cropped up and is still available. You never know. Kenny Jagger may get his magic wand. Not Madison. Ma- Madison. No. Oh dear. No. Do you want to rate that there? It's not even a rumour, but do you want to rate that I mean, there, Miranda? Don't get me wrong. If you said Marcus Madison's coming down right right now, you mean you'd bite your hands off, wouldn't you? He's, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility, actually. I don't, I don't know. Wages, eh, and he hasn't got the greatest of reputations, apparently, hasn't he, in terms of his attitude. Apparently, there's a couple of question marks over that, and Jacket's not someone to, to get someone in like that, really, is he? So... Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'd still take him one hundred percent, especially oh. if it's going to be his last chance. Like you just say, this is you'd have to say this is last chance saloon for you, basically. You know, it, it, going to Portsmouth and potentially getting them up, and you know, being part of a side that's returned to the championship, like that yeah. could be a pull. But yeah, how it, 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 fit is he, etc. As well, and always been a couple of whispers that he's been training with Derby as well. I mean, if he's training with Derby, then there's, there's going to be no chances there. I just um, these kind of Names sometimes they smell right and sometimes they don't smell right, and that's that's no point. On it, no means of certainty. I've got no inside track on, on Madison, whether but it just doesn't smell like a Kenny Jacket player to me. Mm. Um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You might, yeah. Sometimes, like, like a Harry, it would, that would be a Harry Redknapp if in lower, he was in the lower leagues all day long, he would take a punt on the Maverick, wouldn't he? That had a question yeah. mark over him. 
and, and, and extricate the, the man, manage the heck out of him and, um, and, and then have him playing brilliantly. I think Kenny goes for more safer bets, tends to have a younger, uh, sort of early 20s. I'm not sure how, Madison, how old Madison is, but, you know, early 20s and with resale values. And, yeah, I think Ken, Kenny kind of, through age and character, kind of got rid of a lot of the, most of the, came in, all the characters and, and the, uh, the people that may be hard to manage in the Pompey squad, which is, uh, you know, obviously forgetting Paul Cook. That was, that was, they were the type of players that Paul Cook went for. So it doesn't quite smell right, but by no means yeah. does that mean that it could never happen. Yeah. Well, what about Dan Harris? Dan, I know Magdalene needs come out this week and says he wants them to compete for a place at Stoke, but at the same time, too, he left the window open that if that doesn't work out, he, he'll reconsider um, closer to the end of the transfer window. Again, if Pompey were to manage to get him in, that would, that would be a good sign. And that defence would look a hell of a lot better than what it did against Stevenage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I best probably in the top one of League One defenders last season that I saw. You know, six foot six, big man, powerful young player prospect. Um, yeah, he ticks, ticks all the boxes, doesn't he? So um, I'll, I'll take first part of the you know, response to this and I'll let Will probably pick up on it as well. But um, the disappointment of supporters on that one when the, when that news came out, they said it was dead in the water. I think what the what emerged from both Michael O'Neill and what we've been hearing from Pompey Dove Towers on, on this one, in that Pompey are looking at the championship and uh, and looking at how it will shape up in the opening few weeks, players in and out of squads. Um, Kenny's happy to wait and see mm-hmm. what happens. And, and well, happy to wait. We'll have to wait because that's how how these deals develop um, when the players haven't been in the first team for a few weeks, then, then things may open up. Um, I think about Ben Thompson, people like that in the past can't do the way that, <clears throat> you know, they're on the fringes of things and the opportunity presented itself. So um, I know O'Neill was saying that, that Suter, it may not benefit him to, to go out to league one. Um, and, he, and he wants to have a closer look at him, but you don't know how these things are pan out. They could be that he just, he's in, you know, on the bench three or four games on the, on the spin. And then it, it, it totally changes. Could could get in the first team and now down a spot as well. So if, if you're a shrewd observer, and this is what we'll be doing, um, and there's no reason that fans can't do the same, they just have to keep a close eye on championship teams selections this weekend and, and move forward. Look at the players that are on the bench in the areas that Pompey are looking. Left side of centre-back, number 10. And to a lesser degree, because it might come from a Premier League academy, it might be a, a bit of young pace up front as well. So... Watch this space, but yeah, um, whereas Smolich obviously is dead, I wouldn't say Suit is totally dead in the water, but it kind of fits the bill that, that you know the Pompey fans need to be looking at that type of player that is on the fringes in, of, of championship teams. Right, just going to do a quick time check with you. You are the man in control of this meeting, just out of curiosity. Got five minutes left. Five, five minutes. minutes. To wrap up in five minutes. Um, okay. We can talk about we've got a game this weekend to talk about. I know, as well. yeah, we'll talk about it. But before we do, we just want to let any Pompey fan know that from today, Thursday, the news is offering a new um, subscription service only to Pompey, the Pompey section of the website. Sorry, the sports section of the website. So that's unlimited access across all the sport content at an early bird rate at the minute. That's up until the 6th of October. And there's a standard um, subscription and a premium subscription. Anybody signs up to a premium subscription can access then five free articles elsewhere on the website. So yeah, just want to remind 
Pompey fans that that is now a new subscription model that we are running. Um, Jordy, you mentioned Colchester, I know you mentioned Shrewsbury on this coming up on Saturday. Um, was the selection at, against Colchester a nod and a wink to what we can expect um, at Fatton Park on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, just going back to your point there. Please keep me in a job for another week, everyone. You know, please subscribe. <laughs> I've got a heavily pregnant missus as well, so you know. Yeah. Um, go back to the today. <laughs> I know. You might have Neil be able to buy some uh, alphabet well, spaghetti. Don't mention the book. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't mention that. Okay. It's in all good books. It's not a news. Well. It's, yeah. it's not a news product. It's gone maverick. <laughs> anyway, we're running out of time. So, uh, Colchester indications were uh, it'd be a mixed bag from Kenny. It was strong in the end, wasn't it? I think the mixed bag, uh, the, the, the people he was looking at was Jack Motmore, wasn't it? Um, so uh, with a view to this weekend uh, and Shrewsbury, I, I, I would hope that it wasn't a world away. And I think you look at maybe Ryan Williams might be pushing to start Andy Cannon in those attacking areas. So some questions to answer there, but I think we kind of covered that. Um, Shrewsbury, solid league one outfit, um, tough test, powerful side as we saw in the opening day last year, Aaron Pierre, people like that, who have eternally linked with Pompey, will provide a tough test. Uh, I think Pompey are slightly fortunate that it's behind closed doors at the start of the season, um, where their angst from fans uh, could have surfaced if uh, it's not gone well. That may work and could have consumed some of the younger players, like the Cameron Pring, um, if it got ugly. So that may work out. And for the first six league games at home, so a real chance to harvest some points from Pompey and get some early impetus which, of course, we, yeah, well, it was, it was the thing that broke, broke last season. Obviously, missing out on two points and that slow start. So, uh, that's my take. I'll go for a score prediction. I'll go for a, um, I'll go for a win. I'll go for a, a narrow win. Don't think it'll be straightforward 2-1. Two, two minutes, 40 seconds, Will, for you to speak and to wrap up. Yeah, I mean, it's a good start for Pompey to the, for the season. Is this Shrewsbury? You'd expect them to beat them. Going to Rochdale. Rochdale lost some big players, haven't they? Camps, Henderson. Williams, then Wigan, obviously, are in dire straits at the minute. Um, how many players are they going to have through the door when, by the time that Wigan come? How many senior players are they going to have? I know that Nathan Burns is another one who's, who's on the verge of, of moving to Derby. And then you, you're looking at going to Burton, who Burton again souls got rid of Nigel Clough, obviously, for that financial reasons. Got a got a rookie manager in Jake Buxton. How are they going to start? And then MK Dons and, and Doncaster, Gillingham. And then going to Sunderland in October. It's not a bad start for Pompey, is it? And, and, and we've touched on it a lot, haven't we? That Jack has got to start fast and pick up a lot of points at the start of the season and try and slowly but surely win a couple of his, his detractors around again. So Pompey, uh, and then after Sunderland's Northampton, Charlton. Again, Charlton, we don't know what they're going to be like. Northampton are fancy to go down by a lot. So Pompey have got a very good start and there can't be any excuses if, if, there, isn't, if there isn't one because... As we've heard, that Jack had decided not to bring a lot of players in. He didn't think the wholesale change was needed. He thought the good nucleus was there. He thought a lot of players into the second years of the club, and that was help. Let's let's put it to the test now. It's going to be the real McCoy, isn't it? Yeah, probably. What's your prediction for Saturday? I do think they'll win. I think Shrewsbury. You know what you get, don't you? As George, he's a big, powerful team who will probably come and try to sit and try and see if. Pompey can, can break them down and that's why I think he'll go with Pring and Johnson just because he, he'll need more attacking bodies won't he play into, to try and break Shrewsbury down so yeah I'd, I'd fancy another 2-0 win like they beat them in there in February Jordy again 
o'clock, Kbert, you can answer this as, as long as you want. Bear in mind we don't want to cut it off mid-sentence, but if you if somebody was to give you ten pound to put in the bookies today on a bet on Pompey, where would you put them to finish the season? Uh, probably where they're lined up. Uh, the, they, they've been the last couple of seasons in, in and around the playoffs, top four, top four or five budget. That, that's where Pompey's at, and they've got to make the transition. I don't think it's going to be straightforward. I think there's some more powerful teams, and maybe the, the teams coming down aren't as strong as we maybe anticipated through finances. Uh, but that, that's I would be betting on a playoff place. So uh, ten seconds for you to say goodbye to everyone, Mark. Ten. Well, everybody, goodbye and thank you for watching and listening. And don't forget the new Pompey subscription service is available from today. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.